quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. Struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home. Fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G along with Will Perry. How were those fairways of I-4? Tonight, uh, Will, a little bit it's challenging. So yes, it's so hit or miss. You never know what you're going to get on I-4. I mean, five, you could be five miles away and it can take 40 minutes. I mean, you'd think you were in L.A. It's the beauty of living in the country. Yeah. Out I, there in little old Mount Dora, I just kind of, you know. Shoot across four, what is it, 414? Drive 30 or? miles an hour down 441. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, stay stay calm, cool, collected, because we got all kinds of breaking news tonight. In the golf world, announced earlier today, Tiger Woods plans to return to golf at the 2016 Safeway Open. And uh, one of our favorite magazines was all over this story, including one of our top insiders, Jeff Babineau. Hey, Babs, give us a scoop. Hey, Holly and Will. Well, I mean, the scoop is the uh, the big cat is back, or mm-hmm. he's be back, and, and that's good for golf. You know, he, he moves the needle like no one else can. So, you know, creates an excitement out there. Um, he announced three tournaments he'd like to play in, the first being the Safeway Open next month out at Silverado. And, uh, you know, it's a good thing. We've been kind of waiting and, and wondering if he might kind of maybe do something, maybe even get ready at his own tournament in the Bahamas to get ready for a new calendar year. But he's going to jump right in and play the season opener. So that's good stuff. Uh, I would think that, Long term, long term, in a short term world, he's you know thinking about the Masters next year uh, and planning his schedule out accordingly. But it we were talking about it in the first segment. It looks like he's planned this so he can play you know one tournament a month. It seems going to the end of the year. Yeah, he could do that and then get going again at Torrey Pines, play a little on the West Coast, and build some kind of rhythm for the Masters. Right, that's. You know, in his mind, those are the big ones. That's what he's going to have an eye on. You know, can I get myself ready for Augusta? What do you and think the? Is that? What do you think the expectation has to be from this point? I mean, compared to the Tiger of ten years ago, you know, it was win every tournament at the chance you can get, and we've kind of seen him come off that a little bit over the last couple of years. I mean, what do you? Th- where do you think his head is going to be at? Well, I mean, it's. To, to try and replicate that 10-year run is impossible. It's just he was so dominant, and he was there every week. I, I, that's the one thing. I was working here in Orlando when he showed up as a rookie in 96, and, and uh, the one thing I always appreciate about Tiger, he really was there to give everything he had that given week, and he was there to win. And, and realistically, that's not going to be the case now. He's going to lower his own expectations. He might not say he is, but, but, you know, realistically, he needs to. And, you know, for him, it's just kind of building his game back, building some confidence, and then, you know, trying to be healthy enough to make one more run out there. I, I think, you know, if he's healthy enough, we could see one more run out of him. And with all these young guys playing so well, I mean, how exciting would that be? Oh, I think it would be amazing. And, you know, in perspective, and it was 2013 when he had that run of five tournaments. It wasn't that long ago. I understand he's had two back surgeries since then. But, you know, that's not, you know, 
<laughs> ten years ago. I mean, yeah, there's all these but, guys winning in their 40s now. Right, and, you know, it's not yet. Yeah, 2013 winning five times wasn't exactly the abyss that we've seen other golfers dive into. And he won some big tournaments. He didn't win. He hasn't won a major since the 08 U.S. Open. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's in there somewhere, and he knows it's in there. So it's a matter of being healthy enough to kind of summon what's in there and try and make another run. And uh, I don't know. You know, it's always interesting. You know that. And so there's going to be a lot of eyeballs out at Silverado that an otherwise sleepy little tour week might not have been watching golf. That That's for sure. Um, so Rory bouncing back. Babs, after I think maybe most of us had said, eh, you know, it's been a disappointing year and – you know he's uh, going to call it call it a season. Yeah, I mean his his turnaround was amazing. You know he he made a big putt early on, uh, just to stay four over uh, early on at Deutsche Bank, and, and you know fifteen footer for triple turned everything around for him. You know he started getting some momentum. He started knocking down putts. I mean I last I saw Rory he was on the way to the parking lot at Baltusrol in the PGA, and he just looked like a lost kid. Uh, he was so lost with his putting. He he'd hit the ball so well and uh, just couldn't knock a putt down. And, and that will really age you in a hurry. So uh, for him to get things turned around that quickly, uh, I just think it's amazing. It's it's good news for Darren Clark and that you know, European Ryder Cup side. They have six rookies on that team and need some leadership out of Rory, and you really want him playing well. You think that's maybe been some, you know, inner inspiration for him because we know he loves that Ryder Cup competition. Yeah, he loves the Ryder Cup. He's, he's gotten more of a comfort level the, the more he's played. Now he's played in three. And, uh, you know, last, last memory he has of the Ryder Cup is being out there at Glen Eagles just, you know, taking uh, Ricky Fowler to the woodshed. So uh, he's got some – I think he steps into kind of a new role, you know, with all those rookies on that team. He keeps kind of asserting himself more as a leader on the European side, and, and he's going to be a guy that you really need to count on if they're going to stay on this hot run. You know, for them, it's six out of seven in and, and the last three, so he's a big key. Well, I think a, a, a guy who clearly is on a hot streak now, who you know is a newcomer to the Ryder Cup but loves it more than anything is Patrick Reed. I mean, you know, he definitely is one that – bleeds red, white, and blue, still carries his Ryder Cup, you know, uh, yardage cover to, you know, remind him of the Ryder Cup. And it's going to be just fun to see, especially what he does in the closing stretch here uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be fun to watch. Uh, he, he was a big uh, bright spot for the U.S. at Glen Eagles, you know, how he plays. He's a fiery guy. We need some of that. You know, I mean, that's that was the whole idea of creating a task force and getting this thing turned around was, can we identify some good young Ryder Cup players, please, and, and bring them to the front because uh, it just hasn't worked with a lot of the veterans, and there's a lot of scar tissue there. And these guys have been getting beaten up for a while. So I think it's important to have young blood, the Patrick Reeds, Jordan Spieth, who played well in Scotland. Uh, you need some of this young, young uh, blood to come through for you, and, and maybe that means adding like a Justin Thomas or kind of going outside the box a little bit to get some guys in there that are going to be, I'm not saying the veterans aren't excited to play, but they just haven't had a lot of success in it. So uh, why not try something a little new? Well, and I love, what I love about Patrick is there are not many 
guys that would go out there wearing Tiger Woods red on Sunday. And, uh, you know, he's he's just that bulldog who pull, pulls it off. No, and I, and I don't think he's he's that close to Jordan Spieth. They've known each other a long time. But I think Spieth loves playing with a guy like that. I mean, that's, that's contagious. That's going to fire you up. And uh, those two play with a lot of emotion. So I think that's a natural pairing you're going to see again. You see Jordan Spieth and Reed for sure. And, and uh, yeah, we need that. We need that fire. So we're, we're heading to uh, Crooked Stick, Indiana. Uh, tell us a little bit about that golf course and who do you think it's going to favor game-wise. Yeah, it's a good track. I mean, I, the players, you know, have a good appreciation for it. The BMW was there in 2012, and Rory won. You know, he was on a good hot run then. Uh, so these guys, some of these guys are getting back and recognizing it. Some of the, the bigger names uh, that are in this FedEx Cup hunt played well there three years ago. So you have Rory in the top five. Dustin Johnson played pretty well there. Uh, I remember GMAC played pretty well there and then kind of uh, made a big exit on Sunday shooting 78. But but it's a, just a good test, solid test. And, and the key for these guys is playing well enough to move into that top five. Then you move to East Lake in the Tour Championship and you control your own destiny. So you know, I think it's starting to look like the guy who wins in Atlanta is going to be your FedEx Cup champion. Who do you see that might make the next leap? I mean, Roy went from, you know, what was it, 63rd to 4th? Yeah, Rory moved into fourth, and, and I think DJ is going to play well this week. So it's going to be hard to bump one of these guys out of that top five. You know, Adam Scott right now is fifth, but the guy who's got to move in there is Spieth. You know, he's got a lot of confidence from winning at Eastlake last year, uh, but he's right now he's sixth, and he's got to move up. He's got to he's got to leapfrog somebody. So that means having a good week this week, and so I think he's going to be really focused to uh, make sure he gets in that five. You you want to be able to control your own fate when you get to that last one, and, and that's what he's uh, going to be on his mind this week. We were kind of joking a little bit that he's kind of become the forgotten man a little bit this second half yeah. of the year. Well, he really has. I mean, the bar was set so high. I mean, you know, Jason Day was joking today about his quote-unquote down year winning three times. Right. And, you know, his speed at 23 winning twice, and you'd say, wow. And, and right there at the end of the major that he knows he should have landed, you know, you'd say, wow, that's another great year. But he just had such an incredible year uh, last year. And I think the, the further we get away from the season he had last year, the more we'll appreciate it. He was there at every major on Sunday uh, with a chance to win, and, and it's just an incredible run. So, you know, he knew it was going to be tough to kind of come anywhere close to that this year. And, and I think he's had to deal with that a lot of the year, some of the frustration and, and the realities of kind of how hard it is to win out there. So speaking of winning, who's your pick for Sunday? I'll take some Dustin Johnson. You know, I like his power. He's always around the hunt. He played pretty well in Boston outside of a bad third round, and he can make a lot of birdies. So uh, DJ's going to maybe win and, and solidify his spot in that top five and give himself a good chance to win that $10 million bounty. All right, Babs, as always, we love spending time with you. And check out all their coverage, golfweek.com. Our best weekly in the business. Thanks so much, my friend. You got it, guys. Thanks. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up. 